Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Will you guys welcome to the stage Miss Angie Bramlett. And so, uh, it is so good to have you on stage you know, even in that video, uh, I, I love watching the video because every time I watch it, I hear a, a little bit more, and, and your word was control, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, but we wanted to kind of set the stage. We spent some time talking. I, we, we, we had a major moment this week. It was so cool. Uh, Amy and I have always, when we made major decisions, we would try to journal some stuff and come back and kind of compare our notes and see what God's saying, and, and Angie and I met, and I said, okay, now I'll, I'll kind of put some stuff together, and, and you, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you, and, and she felt led to put some stuff together, and we came back together, and we wrote the same outline, like it was so cool, and one of the things that, that we wanted to emphasize from the, the very beginning, because this story is powerful, and it's going to, like, you need to buckle up and get ready, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, buckle up and get ready, because she's fixing to talk your story, like her story is your story. But when you get to these personal stories, they deal with people. And one of the biggest things that we spent some time talking about is we just want you to know, like it's one thing when we're talking about a story that has a disease or has a tragedy, because you know, we can all kind of get on the same page as far as how we feel about that. But when our story deals with people, we love people. And so we just want you to know that as Angie shares her story, don't get lost in, in the people. Listen to the story because it has a phenomenal ending. And with that being said, you know, Angie, you, you had shared with me, honestly, just unpacking this. You know, even in the video, you said it just, you know, it's just for you to be able to say it out loud, like from going from, hey, would you join me on stage? I want you to tell your story. And then unpacking what was your story created a lot more emotion and some things than what you realized. It really did. And I didn't think about that when I said yes to doing this. <laughs> but I will say that I, during this unpacking process, I am thankful that Mickey did ask me to do this because in some ways it has helped me to deal with things that I, thought I had already dealt with, but in a different way because I am a different person dealing with it now. That's good. And we're going to get to the story in a minute. But, but I remember your, your why was you said that when you were unpacking these things, it got real tough because you just you couldn't believe that you had allowed yourself to go through that. Yeah, it got real tough because I thought of some of the situations that I let myself be in and let myself stay in, I would get mad at myself thinking about that, that I actually let myself stay in such a situation. Why did I not have enough self-respect for myself to get out of some of these situations, but I, I chose to stay in them, and it was really tough looking back at those, but I do know that if I if I had not have went through some of the things I went through, I would definitely not be who I am today. And I know that's one of the reasons why you, when we talked, you said you, you, you're ready to tell your story because 
I, I love this fact. You said, you know, if I would have had what I have now back then, things could have been different. Yes, and what I meant by that is I've always been a Christian, and I've never really had a relationship with God like what I have now. And I know that if I had had this same relationship that I have with God now, and if I had this church that feels like home to me and all these people that are sitting out here that I know are for me, I've always had an amazing family and support system, but just to know that everybody here is for me and my personal relationship with God is so strong now that things would have been a lot different and maybe a lot easier for me. Well, I want to pray and I want to dive into your story. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for Angie and her story and your grace in your amazing restoration. Lord, as we dive in to her story, may you allow those that are living it to hear your word clearly and to move towards you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Well, you told me that your past, when you thought about it, was a wreck. And those are your words, not mine. And you said it all boiled down to one thing, and that was the fact that you Wanted to control everything. And there was a reason behind that, and I want them to hear that. So let's just start with you are graduating high school, and you find yourself in a relationship, and just let them know a little bit about that situation. Shortly after I graduated, I started dating this guy that he was a good-looking guy and funny, and people love him. He, he could easily make people love him. But our relationship was not always the greatest, and he was not always the greatest to me. And despite going through physical, mental, emotional abuse at times, I still chose to stay in that relationship because I felt like that was what I wanted. I wanted to be with that person, and it didn't matter how they treated me. That was what I wanted, and so I just chose to stay in it out of my own control. What, what was your, like when you look back and you see, because now being a, a mother of two girls, if your girls came home to you and said, hey, mom, I'm in this relationship and he's physically abusing me, emotionally abusing me, mentally abusing me, but I just love him. What, what would you tell that person that may be in an abusive relationship? And I'm going I'm to pause for just a minute before you answer that. I just want you to know as a pastor, at any point, you can call me, and if you're in an abusive relationship, we will be over there as quick as we can, and we will get you, we will get your stuff, and you can get out. You say, you're going to do it by yourself? No, but I got a bunch of people, and we will show up with trucks, and we will get you out of that situation. Do I believe in the sanctity of marriage? I do, but I believe in your personal health first and nobody should ever feel stuck and think that they cannot get out especially if you are being abused just know that there are other people that are watching and they're watching that abuse especially if you have children and i'm speaking to you from somebody that was a child that had a dad that abused my mom just know god's not asking you 
to be the martyr. And I will help you. So with that being said, sorry. That's okay. A little personal note there. Tell me, why, why did you stay in there? I thought that I loved him. And he had his own struggles. And they were way bigger than I even knew that they were. And I thought that I loved him. And about two years into our relationship, I found myself 19 and pregnant and terrified, but excited a little bit. But I was really scared. And we had this beautiful baby girl. And my thought kind of went from, if I couldn't change him, maybe she could. And through, as time passed, his, his struggles got only, they got worse. And our relationship just was always unhealthy. It was never really in a good place. But going back to what you said, I would, what, what would I tell my children if they came home and told me they were in that kind of relationship? The person I am now, I would just immediately pray for them. But I would just tell them to have enough self-respect and self-worth to know when to walk away and when to get out of it. That's good. You but, told me that, that looking back, as hard as it was to admit, you, you probably stayed in that relationship because you, I'm not going to say you thought you loved I'd say you loved him. You know, that's why you're there. And, but there were, there were some insecurities, some insecurities. And, and, and I love what you said when we were meeting because you, you kept trying to fight for this. And, and this, this just blew me away. You said you were trying to hold something together that God did not put together. Yes, that I definitely was trying to hold something together that I thought I wanted, not that God had even showed me that I wanted, but I, I felt like I was just constantly trying to hold something, something together that God did not put together, and it was never going to work, but I really didn't realize that until about a, when our daughter was one and a half, we got married, and that was another part of my control, I think, because sitting here trying to remember my story, I don't even remember if he proposed to me. I just planned a wedding and we got married. And about a year after that, I found myself pregnant again and, and very terrified and at times asking God why he would let me bring another baby into this situation. And a few weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I lost that baby. And my husband was not at home. I don't even remember where he was. I had to have another family member come get me and take me to the hospital during that process. And at that point was when I finally just kind of mentally checked out of that relationship. And I know you said that relationship mentally you kind of kind of checked out and with, with all the things that were going on there. And again, we, we, we talk about people. We're trying to be careful. One of the things that Angie said more than once, she said, I don't want to tell anybody else's story. I just want to tell my story. But with the abuse and the things that were there and, and some addictions and some things like that uh, on his side and not being able to really be there, you mentally check out. And this marriage ends up coming to an end. And you find yourself, you know, single with one child, 
And here comes another gentleman. And all of a sudden, you find yourself getting married again. And you find yourself having another beautiful girl. But all of a sudden, in your words, you said because of insecurities and struggles, all of a sudden you find that relationship marriage ending. And I want to read what you wrote. You said, so then I found myself as a 30-year-old single mom again, this time with two kids, two different dads, and the thoughts of who would ever want to be with me? So at that time, I focused on me and my girls, and we found a we found a church that we could call home, and it just so happened to have the most amazing youth pastor. We need to talk about him. And he, at that moment, he really changed our lives. All three of us. Cameron was just small. But he really changed our lives. I could go on and on. No, please don't. But God also brought someone into my life at that time that was 35 and single and never been married, no kids of his own. And he just swooped right in and loved us all like we were always meant to be his. And so you meet... Brian, and you guys are dating, and things are going really well, but because of, of previous relationships and, and, and things that are there, and um, not, you told me you didn't control things because you were a controlling person. You, your control was based on a fear out of something bad happening, and, and it's almost like even in this relationship, and, and I remember you telling me this. You said, you know, Brian sat down with me and said, I have never done anything for you not to trust me. Why can't you trust me? Yes, and I don't know if he even remembers saying that, but it struck something inside of me. And I just couldn't trust out of fear or worry of just something bad happening of of before anything was even going to happen. I just automatically thought it was going to happen and even myself, of making a mistake or a bad decision. I just, that was my part of control. I just wanted to be in control so that I knew how things were going to go. And so we we're, end up marrying Brian. We have two amazing daughters. Uh, we're moving forward in life, but you said there was one time frame that God changed your life through a situation more than anything else. And it was a time that you dealt with your oldest daughter. Tell me a little bit about that. Because you said that you were, you were praying. You found yourself praying in particular for her, not because of anything she was in, or, but it just, just a protection that you, just, you did not want her to turn out like her dad. Yes. Uh, her whole life, that was one specific prayer that I had for her was that she two actually one that she would be way better than I ever was, and that she would not end up like her dad because he the struggles he had I just did not want to ever watch her go through and being her mom and her parent, if we are in control of our children's lives, we know 
how it's going to work out. If they do what we say, it's all going to be great. They're not going to make any mistakes or bad decisions. And I tried to be that parent, and that's not really true. Our kids are going to mess up. They're going to mess up. But I tried to be that parent and control everything that she did, everything. And You did. You, you told me I was trying to control her so much, I was pushing her away towards other things. Yes, I, I was trying to protect her from certain things, but with the control, it was only pushing her away from me and a little rebellious of wanting to do just the opposite of what I wanted her to do, basically. I want to show you guys a scripture because this is a major point I need you to get today. It's a very familiar scripture. It's in John chapter 14, verse 6. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. You say, well, Mickey, why, why do you share that scripture? Because listen to me, especially parents in the room that have a wandering child, or if you have a family member, or if you have somebody that you're currently praying for, listen to me, please, please listen to this. Jesus is the way, not you. Jesus is the life. Not you. Jesus is the truth. Not you. Like in the process, sometimes in our, in our Christian life and, and in church life, we hear different people. Like God doesn't need you to be the Savior to some of your family members. He already did that through his son Jesus. And I don't know if you realize this, but he's a real good Savior and he did a whole lot more than you can ever do. The only thing that he calls us to do, he says, by this they will know that they're my disciples if you love one another. This doesn't mean that we accept poor behavior or condone it. It doesn't mean that we celebrate, you know, oh, we're just going to celebrate you. No, no, no. God's word's God's word, and we're going to stand on it. But I just want to give you a lot of relief and freedom. We talk about knowing God and finding freedom. Let me give you some freedom today. God's not asking you to do what he has distinctly reserved for himself. He is the creator of the world. And when it comes to your children, parents, I know great parents that have children that make poor decisions. How do you handle it? You remember who the greatest authority is, and it's not you. So you found yourself trying to control some things, trying to do some different things, and, and because of this control that was based out of something bad happening, all of a sudden there was a day that you got a phone call from your oldest daughter at a Mexican restaurant. Can you share a little bit about that? She called me, and when I answered the phone, she sounded like her dad. And that broke me. And I immediately thought I had failed at everything I was trying to control. <laughs> that was it. It was over. And even though the situation was nowhere as big as I made it be or as I was thinking in my head and telling myself that it was, I just kind of forgot who was in control. I, I just saw that I had failed. I had failed. And... 
when that happened, I just happened to be at work, and somebody that works with me walked past my office and saw me falling apart and came in there, and I had some great people that I work with, and we all talk about God, and we talk about all kinds of things, but I never really talked about God with this one person, and he walked in my office and asked me what was wrong, and I told him, and it took him telling me that I am not the only person to go through this, and I am not in control of this situation. God is, and I just need to turn to God and let him be in control. And it took that one person that I really had never talked to about God telling me that for me to think, I know that. I I know that. I love it when somebody gives us really great advice, and it's something that we already know, but we're just not living it, and we're like, well, duh. Yeah, I thought, why did I have to hear that from him? Like, like you talk, I'm the one telling you about Jesus every day. What do you mean you're going to tell me? You know, like, whatever. But the two distinct messages, I wrote them down. It's not your fault. You can't control what she is doing. And then the second part of it was let go and let God take control. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7, you'll see the scripture says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Like, it seems so simple. But this is one of these, like, like right now, if we paused and, and turned down all the lights where nobody could see, and I gave everybody a little light so that you could, and I said, okay, now, if you've dealt with something like this, or raise everybody, I mean, like, I'm telling you this, if you've not dealt with it, we're going to pray you don't, but this is called life. I'm telling you. Life has a way of hitting you. So, so you go home. So that day I went home. I was kind of mad because I thought, I knew that, and I, didn't, I did not need to hear it from that person. I knew that, but I went home, and I Googled, and I got the Bible out and started looking up all the verses about fear and worry, and God tells us in his word over 100 times not to be afraid, and I, I focused on that, and I remembered, I remembered that it's not me in control, that it's God. And I immediately had so much freedom come over me and peace. Just a thought knowing everything is going to be okay. I just have to sit back and let God do his work. Yeah, the the concept now. You can go back to the previous podcast, but this aspect of peace keeps coming up in everybody's story. If you've been here, I hope you're catching that. And you say, well, where'd that come from? Can I show you God's word? Like, I won't talk. I want God's word to talk. Listen, Philippians. You'll see it on the screen. Philippians chapter 4. Listen to these words. It's very, very simple. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And then listen to what he says he's going to do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I love, I don't have this verse, but I'm going to read it to you. Because I believe that, that where Satan tries to hit us first, it's not Satan. Satan can only be at one place at one time. All right, just so we know. There's a big difference between God and Satan. Satan ain't that powerful. But I do believe in spiritual warfare. 
okay? And I think the way we get these spiritual warfare going on is in our mind, and that's the reason why I think it's followed up with it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and then here we go, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, we can also turn to John chapter 14, verse 27, and it simply says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world who gives, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So you have this peace that comes over you, you you kind of feel this release, like I've just got to let go and, and let her go on this journey, but I'm going to pray, and I'm, I know that God's going to work this out. And so tell us the, the rest of the story here. Well, the rest of the story is basically on her own. She decided to turn back from heading in that direction. And... It's even hard to find the words to explain. She made the decision on her own, which I have never felt more proud of because I was just sitting back and watching and praying for her to do that instead of telling her that she had to do that. And she made that decision on her own to turn her life around. And she is an amazing adult, amazing daughter, and I couldn't be more thankful for her because going through this, it's not even about what God did in her life to me. It's about what God did in mine because I could find myself very miserable, very miserable to be around, sad, depressed. And I didn't even have to be. I didn't have to feel that way. I could have always had that peace in, in this whole situation. But I, I thank her for helping me find myself in this situation, too. So you look back. You're unpacking all of this the last month. You're revisiting growing up, all the amazingness with that, with, with, a, with a sister that looks just like you and runs around with you with an amazing mom. We even dressed the same today, and I almost had her come up on stage and do this instead of me. <laughs> And so, you know, and, and, and then you, you graduate high school and you get in a relationship that just, it just takes you down a path that you never thought you'd go down, which I'm going to give another side note, and this is for, for all single people in the room. Um, what you may think is just a simple, hey, yeah, I'll go eat dinner, could be an absolute life change. Be careful who you say yes to. Like, like it, it could end up being more than dinner because one dinner turns into, oh, they made me feel special, turns into two dinners, turns into three dinners, turns into a few months, and, and can turn into something that you never saw coming. So, so please listen to what Angie, I mean, like, like we're giving you the warning shots, like just know it's coming. Like people that go out and date for a long time end up leading to commitment. That's why we date. 
So before you say yes, make sure they're worth saying yes to. But the other thing that you find yourself in an abusive relationship that ends, you find yourself in a second marriage that ends, you're in a third marriage with a guy that has never been married that just takes you three girls and loves you well, and, and, and I've watched him. I'm so proud of him. He's an amazing guy, and, and you're working through trust, and then you have a, a daughter that kind of wanders off and then comes back, and you see God's faithfulness, and, and the whole time you look back and you say, wow, the, the more I was trying to control stuff, the more wrecked it became. So my, my, my last question. What is it that you want people to know about his story in you? I want people to know that living in fear or the thought that you want to be in control is a complete waste of time and it changes nothing. It steals your happiness and messes with your mind and... You just need to focus on who is in control and let him be in control without trying to predict or change things. You got to give Miss Angie a big round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I was thinking about Angie's story, and I thought, man, this, this aspect of control, and then she said trust. And, and I got tickled because I was like, I wonder... Like, I wonder what the world defines as the opposite of control. And it was amazing. Do you know that most of the dictionaries I went to, the anonym that they chose to use was weakness. And I got so mad because I knew your story. I was like, that is not weak. The opposite of relinquishing control was not weak. That's the strongest, like, you, you, like, way to get, like, that is huge. That's not weakness. Scripture tells us that it's in our weakness that his grace is sufficient and he makes us strong. But then I start realizing, you know, to me, I, I literally, I would define the opposite of control with what you felt like God gave you, which was trust. Like the opposite of controlling things is saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to trust in something. I'm going to trust that this is going to be in control. I'm going to trust that this is going to be good. I'm going to trust that this is going to take, I don't have to control these things. I'm going to trust. I have a child that I'm praying for. I'm going to trust. I have a relationship that I'm in. I'm going to trust. You know, like my job, I'm going to trust. Because a lot of times when you try to control everything out of fear of something that's going to happen, you find yourself I'm not going to talk about you. I'll talk about me because you're a lot better than me. I find myself, if I start getting too involved, I jack things up because I overthink stuff. I dwell on my insecurities more than my empowerment. I think about and care too hard. And then I came across a very, very, very familiar scripture that all of you guys know. It's probably the, the defining moment as far as trust. It says this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge me, and he, being Jesus, will make straight your 
paths. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.